A very good evening and a very warm welcome to each one of you. Glad you're here this evening. And a welcome too to those who are gathering with us online. Those at home and those abroad, you're all very welcome. Let us bring our praise to God as we use the words of Psalm 148, the second version, on page 449. The Lord of heaven confess, on high his glory raise. Him let all nations bless, him all his armies praise. All his armies, we were reminded this morning of the Lord of hosts. Him glorify, sun, moon, and stars, ye higher spheres and cloudy sky. We sing all of the second version of Psalm 148, the Lord of heaven confess.
let us come before the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, our gracious and loving Father in heaven, it is our joy and our privilege, it is our delight to come before you this evening to gather unto the name of the Lord our God to inquire in his temple. And we thank you for the privilege of bringing our worship to you. You are worthy. Oh, you are supremely worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you and you alone are worthy because of who you are. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of Man. We thank you that you are pure and sinless and holy. There is not one iota of darkness in you. You are pure and undefiled. And we thank you that you are worthy of all our worship, all our praise, not only of who you are, but also because of what you have done. You have been completely, utterly obedient to the will of God the Father. You have done all that was required of you. You have left nothing undone that was asked from you. And we thank you that all the way to the cross of Calvary, you died in our place. We thank you that you could have spared yourself, but you did not. We thank you that you freely laid down your life for us. No one took it from you. You had power to lay it down and you had power to take it up again. And this command you received from your Father. Lord Jesus Christ, we worship and adore you. We praise you and thank you for all that you are and all that you have done. And we thank you for your grace that has visited us. We thank you for your presence with us in our morning worship. We thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us that God is with us and he is a very present help in trouble. We pray, Lord, that you would bless your word to all who heard it today. Even remind us, each one, of what you said to us quietly within our hearts as we waited upon you. Bless the one who brought your word in this pulpit earlier today. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless him and help him and guide him for your glory. 
bless our evening worship. We turn unfiddled to you again and we ask that you would come meet with us afresh. Cleanse us from everything that would defile us. Speak your truth into our hearts and into our minds and have your own perfect way amongst us. Pardon our every sin. Cleanse us, we pray. And magnify your name in our midst. And this we ask in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we further sing to God's praise as we turn to Psalm 139 on page 432 and we sing the first six verses. O Lord, Thou hast me search and known, Thou knowest my sitting down, and rising up, yea, all my thoughts, Afar to thee are known. My footsteps and my lying down about thy compassest alway. Thou also most entirely art acquaint with all my ways. Psalm 139, the first six verses. O Lord, thou hast me searched and known.
Our scripture reading is found in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians and the first chapter. And we'll read the whole of the opening chapter of 1 Corinthians. Let us hear the word of God. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of God of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? 
Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. And the Lord will add his blessing to this reading of his word. Let us once more turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you that we can turn to you at any time and in any place, under any circumstance. And we have the assurance that in heaven where you dwell, your ear is open to our prayer. We were reminded this morning of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And Lord, we pray today for all who are in any kind of difficulty or trouble. Lord, again we pray for the situation in Ukraine and we continue to cry out to you that you would speedily bring an end to these hostilities and we pray for all who have suffered and are continuing to suffer that they would know your presence and your peace. Remember, Lord, those among us who are ill, and we commit them to you. In the arms of faith and love, we bear up their names, 
before you and ask Lord that you would be merciful and gracious to them we pray for all who mourn and we ask Lord that you would draw near to comfort and to help to bring your word to bear in their situation and Lord we pray that each one would find comfort in the Lord the God of all comfort we remember our minister before you we pray for Faki we pray for him and Greta and the family and we thank you for them and we pray Lord that in his time of need Farker might know your presence your peace Lord, help him in this time of difficulty. And Lord, we do now turn to your word shortly and pray that you would take your truth and apply it to every heart and magnify your name and exalt the Lord Jesus and help us not to forget to give him all the praise and all the glory as in his name we pray Amen we continue singing in Psalm 139 on page 432 singing from the verse marked 7 down to the end of verse 13 from thy spirit whither shall I go or from thy presence fly ascend there ascend ascend I heaven to thou art there there if in hell I lie 7 to 13 from thy spirit whither shall I go
Now we rely upon God's enabling grace as we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 28. And we want to consider our calling in Christ Jesus. Now some of you will have heard half of this sermon previously. I used it a a couple of weeks ago at the prayer meeting. I want to bring those first points again and add others to it and bring you the complete sermon. Consider your calling. And I trust that we all are called and that more importantly we have responded to the call of God. And the first thing I want to say about the calling of God is that we are called by grace. What a great thought thought to start on. Every calling is on the basis of God's grace. Paul writes, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I can never make too much of God's grace. You can never hear too much of God's grace. I remember when I was in in Bible college, I I always wanted to go for summer work to Stornoway. But I never was sent there. And my best friend was sent there on two occasions, two summers. And then... I was asked during term time to lead a team for a weekend of meetings in Fort William. And I knew that was the Highlands. And I went to John in panic. John, I have to go to Fort William. What what will I preach on? And he smiled at me and he said, James, give them grace. Give them more grace, and then even more grace. Oh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, this evening, do you know the grace of God? Do you understand the grace of God? And do you give thanks For God's grace. Every dealing. I mean every dealing. Without exception. That God has with us. He deals with us. In grace. We are called by grace. And remember the following points that I will make. That they are all crouched in grace then we are called to be saints in verse 2 
to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Perhaps, I would say most of us, when we hear this term, called to be saints, that we feel more like a sinner than a saint. And that's maybe not a bad thing, except it can get out of hand. The devil can use it and he can emphasize our sinship above our sainthood. But we are called to be saints. And never forget that in this world in which we live, in all our daily living, in all our daily dealings, we are called to be saints. What is a saint? We all, I'm sure, have a picture in our mind of what a saint is. We think of other religions, and they have their saints. But what is a genuine saint? Well, a saint, first of all, is someone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ. I thank my God always, sorry, verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where are you this evening? You're a not-being, not-being free church. What are you doing here? You're worshipping God. You're calling upon God's name. So you are a saint. You are a saint because Paul says, called to be saints together with all those who in every place that means here. That means not being free church. Here we are saints. As we call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But a saint is also someone who submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Verse 2 and the latter part of verse 2. With all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Both their Lord and ours. Is Jesus Christ your saviour? By faith have you put your trust in him? And his atoning precious blood to cleanse you from every sin. 
have you not only crowned him as your saviour but have you bowed the knee submitted to him and addressed him as Lord is he Lord of your life is he Lord of everything as someone once said he must be Lord of all or else he is not Lord at all Uh, can you say along with one of old my Lord and my God we are called to be saints those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ and those who submit to the Lordship of Jesus and then my third point is this we are called to sanctification and holiness in verse 2 to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus sanctification holiness the shorter catechism question 35 helps us by asking the question what is sanctification and the answer sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness this is what we are called to to sanctification and to holiness we are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness May I ask you, how is that going in your life, in your soul? Are you mortifying the deeds of the body? Are you dying more and more each day, dying unto sin? And what about living unto righteousness, to holiness? Is it flourishing? As our dying to sin, as sin withers in our soul, is righteousness flourishing, maturing, growing, developing? This is what we are called to. And then in verse 5, we are called to be enriched. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. In everything we are enriched by him. This nails the lie of the devil that he puts in front of many people when they are seriously considering about becoming a true born again Christian the devil will whisper 
Sometimes he will do more than a whisper. He will state with a loud voice. So don't do that. Don't become a believer in Christ. Because if you do, your life will be ruined. It will not be worth living. You will not be able to do this, to do that, to do the other thing. These things are prohibited if you become a Christian. And you'll not be able to go here, to go there, to go somewhere else. Because Christians don't go there, don't do that. Uh, But here, let me sound it out clear and plain. Jesus Christ doesn't diminish the quality of living. Never. Never ever does Jesus restrict the glory of believing. In fact, the opposite is the case. In everything, you are enriched in him. Oh, what enrichment. What quality of life, of living... What quality of believing Jesus brings when he enters a heart, when he takes control of a life. It's not worthy even trying to compare the glory that Jesus gives to a life compared to someone who is having a wheel of a time, but outside of Christ. But there are two particular things to help us here, especially with our witnessing. People have said to me, Oh, I could never witness. I could never share others. I could never share Christ with others. I could never tell them what he means to me. Because I would get all tongue-tied. I would use the wrong words. And I'm afraid of disgracing Jesus. Bringing dishonor to his name. By saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Well, listen to what Paul says. In every way you were enriched in him in all speech. Jesus himself will teach us and enable us what to say for him in all speech. Doesn't matter who we're speaking to doesn't matter what we're speaking about if it's Bible centered if we're speaking a word for Jesus he will enable us by his grace to say the right thing and to say it in the right way then I hear other people who say I I can't share the truth of Jesus with other people because I don't know my Bible well enough 
And if someone was to argue against what I am saying, I, I don't know my Bible to be able to support what I'm saying from Scripture. Well, I would just say, whose fault is it if you don't know your Bible well enough? But again, look at what Paul says. In every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge. Now, that doesn't mean that you have knowledge about every area of life. It doesn't mean to say that there's nothing you do not know. But what it does say is that we are enriched in our knowledge. And personal knowledge of Jesus Christ is the best testimony of all. And just to be able to say... I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day, the day when he will appear again. So consider your calling, beloved. We are called to be enriched in everything. Enriched by him, the best teacher of all. And in two particular areas, in speech and in knowledge. Then we are called to be gifted Verse 7, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so many believers have a very low opinion of themselves. Very low estimation of who they are and what they are but we are called to be gifted so none of this oh I'm only little old me oh I'm not worth anything oh I couldn't do anything I couldn't stand in the pulpit and preach but who is asking you to but you have a gift Every believer has a gift. Do you know what yours is? Because every true born again Christian has at least one individual gift. Do you know what yours is? Have you by grace identified it? And having identified it, are you using it for the glory of God? Called to be gifted. Now we will not all be gifted the same way. We all will have various gifts, different gifts. 
but I repeat myself, we all will have at least one spiritual gift. Make sure you use it. And if you don't know what your gift is, you are not living a fulfilled Christian life. And I would suggest to you get alone with God. Spend time in his presence. Ask him to clearly identify for you what your gift is. Give thanks for it. Rejoice in it and use it. Because that is why you were given it. Not to be like a trophy in a trophy cabinet. But to be alive and real and active and vibrant in your use of it. Called to be gifted. So we have been called by grace and called to be saints and called to sanctification and holiness and called to be enriched and called to be in gift to be gifted. Two more callings. Number six, we are called to be blameless in verse eight. Who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? Again, Satan will come and suggest to us, shake his head in pity. And he'll say, you're not guiltless. You never were. You never will be. In fact, you are guilty. You're guilty. But we are called to be guiltless. And in the context, this statement is given. Who will sustain you to the end? Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the accuser of the brethren has many things to put in front of me. Many of them I cannot avoid. Many of them I have to agree with. Because I have been found guilty in my own conscience. And according to the word of God. But if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I am guiltless. I am guiltless now. Because I am trusting fully in the precious Precious blood of Jesus. And that position I am in now. Paul says the Lord Jesus Christ will sustain you to the end. There's nothing I can do now or in the future. That will alter 
my guiltlessness if I realize my sin and confess it and repent from it and trust the Lord to deliver me from it. We are called to be blameless and we will be sustained to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means guiltless when he comes. And that's the final verdict that matters. When I am pronounced by grace guiltless at the appearing of Jesus Christ. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I love the comfort of reading this verse over and over. Now may the God of peace Does he rule and reign in your heart and in your life, in your mind, the God of peace? Himself sanctify you completely. We talked earlier about sanctification, dying more and more to sin and living more and more unto righteousness. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. For many people, some believers, many not believers, dread, really dread the sudden appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ at his second coming. But he is the one who pronounces us blameless and he keeps us blameless he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it and then the final point we are called to fellowship in verse 9 God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord called into the fellowship of his son called by God our faithful God called us into fellowship with his son fellowship with God's own dear children is sweet and a thing to be prized and protected 
fellowship together with each other in times of joy in times of happiness in times of sorrow in times of suffering oh blessed be the bond that binds our hearts in Christian love thank God for the fellowship of believers thank God for the fellowship of God's people here in this not being congregation do we appreciate it enough do we rely upon it enough people of kindred hearts and light minds to have fellowship together with them there is a strength in it a strength that each one of us may rely upon when we need it most fellowship but there's an even greater fellowship than that there is a better fellowship than the fellowship of God's people and that's what Paul is writing about here he says in verse 9 God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord fellowship with the king of kings and lord of lords do not stoop to have fellowship and to walk with kings or queens or presidents or prime ministers when we can walk on first name terms with Jesus Christ the Lord of glory John writes in his first epistle if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we can walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ that is what God wants for us that is what he calls each one of us to to faith and trust steadfast faith and trust in his son Jesus Christ walking in the light as he is in the light that is the basis for our fellowship and the blood of Jesus Christ keeps on cleansing us from all sin so you see and consider your calling called by grace called to be saints called to sanctification and holiness called to be enriched called to be gifted called to be blameless called to be called to fellowship oh what a high and holy calling let us pray
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this first chapter of 1 Corinthians. And we thank you for the clear call of God outlined in it. Help us to make our calling and election sure. And to walk in the light as you are in the light. For your name's sake we pray. Amen. We sing again from the same Psalm 139. This time it's on page 433. And we sing from verse 14 down to the verse Mark 17. Psalm 139 verse 14 Thee will I praise for fearfully and strangely made I am Thy works are marvellous and right well My soul doth know the same Thee will I praise
And now may grace, mercy and peace from God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore.